Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. I hope you liked last week's podcast. Wasn't an intro. It was right out of the box, fresh off the recorder, right into cyberspace to get you guys as soon as I could to listen to the podcast I did with Clyde Berg. I think it was a phenomenal podcast. I don't go back and listen to a bunch of them because I, I actually record them. I went back and listened to that one and uh, really enjoyed the time that I got to spend, the, the stories I got to hear. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed that podcast. So hopefully you guys did. If you did, make sure you go write a review because we know if you write a review, you get a shot on the podcast. The first shout out goes to Bugsy562. And he says, interview idea. So I just discovered the podcast. I'm super excited about this. I think you guys should do all your might to get Sam Rohrer on the show. Any old timers should know of him and Billy uh, Harcrow. Billy unfortunately passed away on our Easter weekend trips to Dumont. Sam is an air-cooled genius when it comes to these engines. Please get this man on your show. You'll be fascinated with his info. Maybe he'd finally tell his secrets. Ha ha. So he gave us a five-star review also. A.S. Coondog says, great show, truly dedicated to enriching the awesome hobby and VW addiction. Love hearing everyone's story of how they got into VWs. Even though I'm out east in Georgia, you truly narrow the gap amongst all of us showing how similar we all are. Ashley Spire. So Ashley, I met at the Grand National Roadster Show. I met a slew of people. When I was down there, a bunch of guys from uh, some guys from Oregon, some guys up from Northern California. Uh, I met guys from Indiana. I met guys from all over the place. Then it was really a treat to get to meet so many people and so many listeners from so many different locations. So I enjoy uh, getting to wrap with all you guys. Uh, it was a great time. We cut a lot of podcasts while I was down there. I think I got five in the can ready to go, and I just did one yesterday. But to give you a little insight as to who's coming up, I've got uh, Burley Burlow. Uh We did a little chat about uh, him drawing the cow look diagram. And also about the 32 Ford that he built. Uh, Steve Stanford was down there. The guy that used to do all the renderings in the 80s. That you'd color in to kind of sketch out your ride. Steve Stanford, you got to interview him. I uh, got to interview uh, Rob, who owns the Berlin Buick. And then uh, the guys that campaigned the Carmageddon car out of Illinois. Cars campaigned by Lance and Marty. A uh, couple of cool guys. We did a podcast with them. Uh, I got a bunch of stuff in the can, so I'm pretty excited to get this stuff out to you. This Saturday, be on the lookout. We're going to be doing a live stream with some of the guys that I went out to the Grand National Roaster Show, George McCalluck, uh, my boy Bob Daniels, and then uh, Tori Knoxville. We'll be uh, hitting it up and uh, doing kind of a roundtable uh, chat about the Grand National Roaster Show. So you guys will get to hear some, uh, some insight, and we'll try to live stream it so you guys can kick up some... Uh, some feedback for us on this week's podcast. We go down under again, Carson and Maxine hit me up a little while back. They uh, drive their, they've got a combi that they take that they have driven the loop all over all around Australia a year or two ago. And now they're on some off-roading adventures with their new combi. And we kind of talked to them about what it's like traveling in the bus for a year also, what it's like going on their excursions now. Find out Carson's a hardcore VW guy from way back. So it's a great podcast, a good listen. And this is Couples Goals, guys. Get your lady to be on board and road trip for a long time in your bus. I mean, it's great. It's a great interview. Uh, they're, they're a great couple, and they're all over 
Australia. Um, take a listen to this. Also, if you guys want to check out some of their videos, they did start a new YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is called Karst, Karsten and Maxine. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. Just Google search that Karsten, K-A-R-S-T-A-N, and Maxine, M-A-X-I-N-E. Uh, they're putting some of their stuff on there. You can find them on Instagram for sure under Karsten and Maxine. And they are uh, they got about 50,000 followers. They're just a great couple. I look forward to getting to meet them one day. We dig deep into a long conversation about what it was like, how the concept came together to just hop in that bus with your significant other and cruise that thing around the country with your your best gal and now your baby. So we're about to get into it, guys, this week on Let's Talk Dubs with Karsten and Maxine. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen, covered by VW Motors. of us guys have this dream right like we're gonna we're gonna get it we're gonna get our volkswagen and the, and the the dream evolves and we're gonna maybe take that thing and tour across country you guys all know that i got to spend three weeks driving my bus during the tv show bull run and and having the time of my life and what would only make that dream better is like to have your your lady with you right well i've i've got the guy who's realized the dream i've got the couple the super duo here and you guys may have seen them they're on instagram they're all over instagram it's carson and maxine and they've been traveling throughout australia in their vw bus so uh on today's show i'm going to welcome carson and maxine to the podcast how are you guys doing a welcome to the podcast hey legend how are you well, hello thanks for having us <laughs> well you know it's it's something of a fantasy for me. You know, my wife and I, a few months back, we did a, we did a trip from Texas. I, we flew out there, bought a limo bug and drove it back. And you know, when, 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 when you have kids, which you guys have kids, life starts to change and, and you guys you're together, but you're apart because you're always focused on everything else. But what's so cool is when you're in that car together, there's just this bond that happens in a road trip. And you guys have been doing this road trip for a long time. And so to give our listeners a little bit of background, you guys have been put put a lot of miles on, and and I know you guys are also VW enthusiasts, but we're going to start with this one with kind of the two of you, like how you guys met, how you started, how you forced her into the VW world, and then <laughs> you guys put this wild idea together. So how does that all unfold? And take me to the beginning. Wow, the beginning. Yeah, long time ago. It was like 16 years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> We've been together, yeah, for ages. Um, we met online, would you believe it? Really? Yeah, before all these dating apps and things, it's, it was, what was it? MSN Messenger. Remember yeah. that? The, well, you guys are going way back. <laughs> way back, man. Like when you, you know, you could, you'd, you'd, <laughs> you know, you used to just send it to, to their hotmail address, add me if you like, and then if the girl the girl added you then you know you knew you were halfway there so anyways he sent me a rose <laughs> and apparently he was sending roses to everyone and i thought i was <laughs> he's just shotgunning day, I thought, you know what you've just gotta yeah he's just shotgunning <laughs> like, the rose out to all the ladies yeah. right like everyone gets a rose right <laughs> so so he so, sends yeah, you a rose go ahead yeah so the set, set, set a rose and um yeah she she added me and then it's just, yeah, we met up, 
down by the beach and um yeah it was sort of every day since then we've kind of been together we it was kind of like the yin and yang you know yeah yeah um, so- I was I was 16 and uh, Carsten was 19 when we met. Right. And I don't think we've separated since. Like literally, we've just been going on adventures and we set off around the world pretty much a year after we met. And mm. yeah, we've just been traveling and pushing the limits and doing crazy things together. And yeah, it all started in an old VW. And what's the, so so? Who's into VWs first? Is is a Carson? Are you into VWs? And that's kind of like your thing. Yeah. Yeah, my pop had um, he had a Beetle from brand new. Um, it was a '71, Honey Brown, and whenever you know, I, I spent a lot of time with my nan and pop, so we're always in the back of that thing. Um, so I always loved them, but I, I guess I didn't have a full passion for them, you know, through my teens until here in Newcastle we had a flood, and I rode off my Volkswagen Golf, um, and I thought, you know what, I need something. I need something that's sort of going to slow me down because i'm pretty heavy on the on the accelerator right but i kind of yeah i wanted like this certain vibe you know i'm just like you know a combi's cool live by the beach and that's that's sick so i was with maxine at that point so so we uh we bought is he still there yeah i'm i'm uh, still here yeah oh there you I'm are sorry <laughs> sorry yeah so so i bought a 73 bus sight unseen yeah um from about 2000 kilometers away and that was kind of where it really started and so you get this so you get a bus and and now you you've got the bus but you guys from the beginning when you got together we're doing you guys like to travel a ton so you guys would hop a plane or do all different kind of stuff just to just to go out and see things or this is after this you start to get into traveling um, at that point, you know, it's sort of, it wasn't meant to be, we bought it just cause it looked cool. Like it had subwoofers in the back. It was like a typical 18, you know, a mix between I love need it. for speed underground and a combi, like a, yeah. a bus. So yeah, it had neons and uh, a bed in the back and all, you know, white vinyl and green suede. It was looking back, it's kind of repulsive, <laughs> but, but, you know, I really loved it then, but we got rid of that just before we took off around Europe, didn't mm-hmm. we? So I had to sell it, but when we're over in Europe, that, it, it just kept playing on my mind. You know, it was sort of like I just—I wish I didn't sell it. I wish I didn't sell it. So before we even left Europe to come home, mm-hmm. I'd bought another bus um, sight unseen just over the internet. So I called them on a payphone in the middle of Spain and said, "Hey, I'll transfer transfer the money." I'll well, be... we didn't even have mobile phones. Yeah. It was two thousand and yeah. Nine. 2009 yeah. so uh, yeah no 2008 you had to get like a little calling card in spain and you know type in the number yeah. and call a phone and yeah it sort of said listen dad will be around with four grand and um i'll be back in a few months to pick it up so i don't even know what i bought at that stage but that bus that we bought sight unseen over the phone um that ended up being the one that took us around australia for 12 months uh, in 2009 as well so and now how does that idea kick off like like are you guys just looking at each other like you know what let's do this or are you like i got an idea and she's like eh, it doesn't sound super comfortable because maybe you like creature comforts <laughs> like I like think we were just we're really excited for the adventure and the unknown and we're still very much like that yeah. and we love doing things that are outside the square and things that i guess people that we know had never done before and so for us personally we didn't know anyone young who was traveling australia in a van um and and that was evident when we got on the road when we're in our you know 
early early 20s um that there was no one else like no Aussies that we knew that were doing the same thing that we were doing so it was kind of a cool experience knowing that it was quite unique and what's what's the initial conversation like what's the plan like hey let's let's do let's go take the bus and just start driving let's get it outfitted or was it just like a no prep road trip like you know what start tomorrow we're out Uh, of here well when i said that we're in spain we're actually walking across spain so i had a lot of time to think that was like a 900 kilometer walk yeah so already like Every day you're walking for 20, 30 Ks and you run out of stuff to talk about. So you're just in your head and I'm thinking, right, this bus, I'm going to fit it out. I'm going to have a rock and roll bed in the back. Like already in my mind, I knew exactly what we're doing. And and we're sort of planning our next adventure because we didn't want that one to finish. Sure. So we knew when we get home, we work for three, three months, get as much money in the account as we can. I do a fit out on the inside of the bus. And I tell you what, it was a rubbish fit out. Like <laughs> that thing just fell. And whenever we hit corrugations, everything would fall apart. Like, I mean, like it like completely just turned into parts. So I had the thing <laughs> held together with hockey straps and all. Oh man, it was, it was crazy. But yeah, it all sort of started over there. And it was just a, it just, just happened. But also I think when we were um, going around Australia, I knew nothing at all. All I remember is Carsten used to get me behind the the back of the V dub to push it because it would often like not start in the morning. Yeah, the yeah. classic solenoid starter trick. So, um, so right. that's a fond memory of, of mine. But I also remember, um, is it the V dub for Dummies book that you had? And he would like read it religiously over and over every yeah. day, just page by page. And um, I mean, over the course of from the very beginning of the V dubs right to now, like I'm just blown away by how much knowledge this guy has. Like it's just incredible how far you've come well, you know that book like you know the book we're talking oh, about it's a you know, lifesaver i'm pretty sure every v-dub owner has one but i read that three times in a year just because we were so povo and poor living on the road as these little as these teenagers that we um i didn't want to spend money so we had to i had to learn I had sure. to learn to save money i had to learn but there was no google right oh yeah it was, it was, so was we, no could, like, we couldn't like jump on or you know, listen to a podcast or go onto YouTube. Yeah, and none of that was there. Out. It was just, you just had to, you know, learn better. So that's the great thing about the Idiot Book, right? The Idiot Book takes all of us that start with a zero base of knowledge and through circumstance and mandate, we, we have no choice but to kind of fix this on our own. And you guys put yourself in a circumstance where you're constantly backed into a corner and you don't really have resources when you're out there, out there just trekking in the bus, right? Oh, hundred percent. Like, especially back then when, when we had zero knowledge and zero technology to pull on, you just had to read that book and it showed us absolutely everything that I had to do. And you you know, it was like, it's like, it gets so basic with that book to the point where it says rock the van left backwards and forwards. Can you hear the fuel? And if it says, if yes, then go good. You've got fuel. Like it was just like so good, like dead set for the absolute idiot. And that's kind of what we were at that point, completely green. And, you know, I had Maxine, like she said earlier, put behind the, <laughs> in bull dust. So over here, we've got bull dust and it's like this soft, it's kind of like talcum powder, but bright. Yeah. They call and it silk, de- silt out here, silt. Yeah. So we've got bull dust here and like Max is behind the bus pushing it in that. And I'm in there trying to like clutch start it in the middle of nowhere. Because, At least once a day that was happening. Because the solenoid was out, you know, you're putting it in neutral, laying in this bull dust, trying to short it out with like a spanner. It's uh, it's just it just showed us like how to 
how to keep the how to keep the bus running really and um it, that it opened my eyes to i will never want a new car again so in 2009 when you guys took off did you guys have a general plan of where you were going or was it just like off the cuff we're gonna go here and then we'll figure it out tomorrow or were you did you have a set amount of time we're gonna do a year like what what was the thought process uh, the goal was a year for us, uh, and we liked the fact that we didn't really have too many plans. The whole goal was literally just to do, in Australia, we call it the lap. Uh-huh. So you do a lap in Australia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, little one's away. Yeah, yeah, no little worries. One. No worries. Bring her on. Bring anyway, there <laughs> goes. Her in. I think she was saying that, um, you know, we had the general idea that we're going to go, we're going to do the lap. So Australia, right. like when people say, we're going to do the lap of Oz. It's kind of like you just kind of follow the coast roads mm-hmm. the entire way around as close as you can. And then that's what they call the lap. So that's kind of what we're doing. It was mostly asphalt at the time back then. Because, um, again, you know, I just – an old an old, old car on dirt, corrugated roads. I was just a bit scared at sure. that point. Uh, and, my God, how, how that has changed. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, yeah, I've seen the, the YouTube, the YouTube and the Instagram stuff you've been filming and you're, and you're going like literally completely off road on old goat trails and things like that. And, uh, it, it's definitely, you know, I think maybe you built your courage up in the first year that you guys did the lap and then you're like, this isn't intense enough. We're going, we're going off the pavement. So the first year you're saying you were pretty much on pavement and there, there's a, is there a loop in, on pavement goes around the whole country? In a way, yeah, it's kind of it's it cuts a lot of corners and bits and pieces. But there's the like all like now I can see that all the cool stuff you've got to go off road. Yeah. If you just stick to the the um to to the asphalt, you're just you're kind of just on a highway. You're not going to see what makes Australia Australia. But at that point, we didn't know any different. So you just stick to it, and you get to these landmarks on the coast. And you go, that's cool, and then you drive another you know, a couple of thousand kilometers and you get to another one, you go, that's cool. But it's all the stuff in between that you miss out on if you don't. Yeah. And the you don't... people is like, I feel like when you stick to the asphalt, it's often you're with all the tourists. Um, same goes, you know, if you stick to the coastline in Australia, you're with all the tourists. So right. um, everyone's doing the same thing. Like all the guys, the, the people in caravans, the great nomads, they normally just follow like, you know, the asphalt loop in a way. So yeah, we we soon um, figured out that we love going off the beaten track, and we like to uh, venture out into a bit more remote destinations because for us, that's where the true experience lies. Now, in two thousand nine, obviously Zuri wasn't born, and hell no. <laughs> and <laughs> you you guys did the first. So you completed a full year the first loop around. And yeah, then- we did. So we did. Yeah, yeah. Worked now- our way around. Had minimal money. <laughs> so you guys kind of, I mean, and that was kind of the thing. When you set out to do this, were you guys thinking, you know, I'll, I'll maybe stop and do work or you guys had a super tight budget? I mean, how many how many gallons or liters of petrol take you to get around the loop? Did you guys keep track of all that, like of an approximate? Yeah, we keep track of all of that because, because we were like peasants, really. We had no money. We had to know how much would it cost to get from A to B to C to D. So we had it written down in the front of that dummies book behind the front page there, just sort of written, right, this is the, you know, the kilometers, this is how much it's going to cost us. And then we picked up work at a few um, places around around Oz and we just made enough to get, you know, the whole way around. And we're just living off cans of tuna, 
cans of chickpeas, cans of corn, basics, uh, jats crackers, mm. like just the dead set base basics. Milk. We had a three. The, we had the old three way fridge in there, and um, and as you know, the old the old three way fridges were hopeless. If you're on just a little bit of an angle, it wouldn't work. Sure. So. So the freezers didn't work. We well, we we couldn't have meat for that long because the the fridge was more of like I don't know, a cold like a, a semi loot cold box. Like it was yeah, now, it was hard yeah. Now going around the continent, I mean you're, I, I would assume you know, interestingly enough, when you when you tour the country like that, right, you start to really realize that places have popped up because of reasons. It's either in a thoroughfare or there's water or there's something there, right? So usually when you're when you're kind of taking that loop and with the fuel efficiency of cars over the past, you know, several decades, places in between that used to that sprang up as a fuel stop are now like a ghost town of things to that extent. Um, is is it is it safe to do that loop out there? Is there some sketchy places out there or, you know, I mean, is it something you worried about? Back then, we were oblivious to anything. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched the um, the film Wolf Creek. Um, it's an Australian film of like this, um, I guess, like uh, anyway, he's dead set murderer, yeah. and he just he, uh, <laughs> he he killed a bunch of backpackers that were living in a van out on like um, out on a crater out there, and it's a we I watched it before we went on the trip, and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I wouldn't let Maxine watch it because it would dead set freak her out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's always places like that out there. In on the asphalt, no, it's there's heaps of people. There's lots of trucks, like big road trains. We've got the road trains that have like, you know, five lengths long. Um, they're everywhere out there. But it's when we're do what we're doing, what we do now, which is you know now that we've we've taken a bus to a more capable state, um, you know, lifting it and all that jazz. Um, they're now the places that are a bit more dangerous because they're they're a lot more remote. Um, on the last trip, we didn't really see anyone maybe for two days. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you're covering some big ground too, and it's just you're on corrugated dirt roads, and if there's a track that you see that looks kind of cool, you just kind of take it. Big risk, but massive reward. Now, I you know I do a little bit of this in a in one of those side by side machines, and and I, we've got a guy that tracks it on Google Earth, and then he'll kind of lay a track through like a GPS setup, so we can follow a track because we've looked at it through Google Google Earth, and it goes through because we'll do like a thousand mile loop through Mexico. Are you doing any yeah. kind? You doing any kind of pre strategizing on your on your second loop around through the back roads? Are you looking through Not trails and making sure they go through? Kinda like. You know, some of the tracks that, that, that we did um, a year ago, they're, they're well-known tracks. They're like iconic four-wheel drive tracks. Um, so, you know, you kind of, the, the information's there. But then when you take more of the more rural roads, you're kind of just relying on talking to locals at the pub. You know, you go to the pub, you have a beer, you hit them up, you say, where's cool or what's this way, what's that way? They'll say that road's closed, there's a heap of, you know, black mud on it, um, don't go that way go this way so it's just you yeah you can't plan too much because if you get an outback storm roll through a road that might be passable one day is impassable the next yeah because there's different types of mud out there you've got your red mud and then you've got your black mud the red mud you know you don't go too deep you can kind of, it gets a bit slippery but you can sit on the top but the black mud here um it'll swallow a four-wheel drive with 35 inch tires like it'll just it just sucks you down into it and literally sucks your chassis to the ground. And there's, 
you got to wait till it dries before you can get out. Oh, that's brutal. And so there, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you guys are getting flash floods and stuff like that as well. Like we get kind of out here in the desert where it's like, you don't even know you're about to get into a flash flood because it's raining 30 miles away. But next thing you know, you got water coming through and all this stuff. So I'm sure there's tons of that, that you've got to deal with like the unexpected and uh, you know, just dealing with those things on your first trip around, what, what do yeah. you think is the most valuable thing that you learned that really changed your second go around to this? Just know your car. You've got to know your van, know your dub, you know, you've just, you've just got to know as you just absorb the knowledge that you can, because if something goes wrong, then you know how to fix it. It's, you just constantly see things at the moment of people with vans, um, you it's know, also the preparation stuck. as well. I think before you depart, learn from your mistakes. Learn learn from your mistakes. Well, the fir- so what was the setup on the first van? Motor, tranny, and like like t- it was just stockers. Like it was a stock vehicle. Yeah, stock- the first one was a '71, so you know, it just had the stock disc brakes in the front, three rib box in it. Um, it was just a 1600 with a 34 Solex. It was nothing, nothing too special. Stock exhaust, stock suspension, just cruised like. It was just, yeah, <laughs> bone stock, like nothing, yeah, just and, sort of, but just on going. And those in particular, at least the, the versions that they had out here, they're geared really high. So it's like on the highway, you're really winding out the motor at 65 mile an hour. I mean, you're like wringing its yeah. neck, you know? Yeah, 80K an hour. So we're going 80 kilometers an hour, just just cruising in, in fourth. Um, yeah, it was a slow a slow trip and what was this and and what's the setup so now you go the first time around and you're like i'm i'm building a new rig for this which i saw on your instagram there's a ton a ton of footage of you going through it what was what were the key components for building your off-road your off-road bus like what what were some of the things you looked into or that you really wanted to do well 2009 you gotta remember i was complete novice it's kind of like it's like i was nearly that guy that just bought a bus and just thought (laughs) around the country because that's dead set what I was I just sort of you know hey I want a combi drive around the country yeah righto but you know it's been a long time since then and I went through a big massive slam stage I used to for the bus that we're driving now I had I had this 50 mil off the ground I had this (laughs) I had this like just completely laid out couldn't go anywhere I used to go through bell housings like tomorrow because I kept hitting the ground um so I learned from my, again, learned from my past mistakes. Um, you know, I had a, 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 a VW thing, like a 181. I had yeah. that complete slammed on, on air. Nice. And beat. I was just all about being low. And then out of nowhere, I had this brain, this brain explosion. And I went, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it's all about, you know, the lowest is the coolest. And it's just this, it's this whole wank yeah. you know, fest that I feel like it is now. It's like, who can be lower? Who can do the? Who can go over speed humps without slowing down? It's just like it's stupid. So I kind of changed my way of, of, of thinking, and I went, you know what? Let's raise these bad boys up. And there was no information. Yeah. I I, I was looking at the Samba. I was chasing for information over that. I was trying to talk to people, trying to track down people that might have had like a raised bus, and that's ultimately what I've done. I've I've had to just pull together information and talk to people to find out how to do it. So with this one, I've um, what year is the just, new bus? I had, to, I had to get the front up, right? Mm-hmm. So I've you know everyone does drop spindles, 
but it was just hard trying to get lifted spindles. Sure. It was a completely different thing. I think Wagon West were the only ones that were doing Nate, they're doing it. But being in Australia, it's so hard to kind of communicate from two different continents. Um, and, you know, I couldn't exactly just jump on the phone and call. Right. Um, so I'm trying to talk over, over, you know, email, but I wasn't getting any responses. So I found some other company, which I won't name, that did some lifted spindles. Custom made. Um, yeah, custom made. <laughs> oh, um, no. Yeah, man, it was so bad. I got them. I paid a thousand. I don't know how much I paid, but I bolted them on, and they were out of camber, sixty mil. Wow. Yeah, like you know, turn the caster, do yeah. whatever you can do, and yeah, they so, were that's out. Like two and a half inches. Yeah. Yeah, man. Two, yeah, so two and a half inches out of camber, and I'm just looking at that going, "This is ridiculous." So luckily, they gave my money back, which is great. But then it was a godsend, godsend that I found. Um, Michael Anderson from uh, Dubfab. Dubfab. Yeah, yeah, my boy Mike, yeah. Absolute legend, legend. I hit him up because I've, I've seen all these um, drop spindles and the way that he makes them, and I'm all for that. He doesn't just weld stuff together. There's a lot more engineering that goes into it, and I loved that. because. So he ended up doing some lifted spindles for me. He made up a jig and did his first pair that I bolted onto my bus. Um, that was a two-inch lift. I think he's doing – I've since bought – 2.75 inch um lifted sp spindles off him for other projects um nice. so he's yeah making them bigger so i've thrown those on the front in the back uh there's a guy here in australia um it's 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 fresh customs have you heard of fresh customs by any I chance ha i haven't no mate look him up he's an absolute weapon he's really sort of pushing some boundaries in the v-dub sort of I lowering and world um you know, coming up with mud eater beams to and you know, which is like for lifting your bay and different ways um, to lift the rear. So he has these what like drop plates that you can change, and it's as simple as just taking four bolts out, lower it, bolt them in. So what I did is I pulled those off, flipped them upside down, and turned a lowering like a drop plate into a lifting plate. Yeah. So I was able to lift the rear of the bus three inches. Nice. But then you fall into the issue of, right? everyone wants to be higher, but then your CV angles then become an, a bit of a problem. Yeah, they definitely do. They put a lot of angle on the CVs. Yeah, and when you're low, you don't actually know that that's an issue until you go high, and then, you know, type 2 CVs just can't cope, cope with it. So the, new, the second bus you have, what year is, what year is the second bus? Ah, uh, this is a 68. So I've got a 68 panel so you went early bay this time huh so it's um you know, sorry you went early bay this time early bay window huh oh early bay all day early day but <laughs> yeah, I, I love them I, I would not go splitty no way in hell well listen i I, I own two split buses and the 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 most relaxing road trip i had was a bay window because the seating position is so much more comfortable for long for long distance driving you know what i mean and uh i i've i've got it no bigger oh yeah yeah i got i got a lot of love for the bays i got I, I may have another bay lined up my problem is my collection keeps growing and i'm running out of room so uh but well, as long as your bay is 68 you know it's kind of that if you're a splitty guy, a 68, well, you know, you've got split-screen door handles. Right. You've got your only parts and bits on it. You can bolt a split-screen beam into the front of it so you can run link pin. 
and get a lot lower. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So, so now your second bus, you decide you're going to lift the suspension because you're deciding your second time around, around the country, you're going to go for, you're going to go off the beaten path. You're going off the asphalt and you're going onto the dirt. So you got to raise it. And then what do you decide to do for, for power plant? What do you do for engine in that thing? Well, I was running on our last trip. I lifted it and only had like, I think 28 inch tires. Mm -hmm. So I still had just a 1640 in that at that point with twin cadrons. So not a lot of power, but with the three rib box, it was okay. But since coming home and now how it is now, I've gone from 28 inch tires to 32 inch. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've got 32 inch mud terrain tires on it, a four inch lift in the rear and in the front. And the engine, I've got a 2.1 in there now, still Mm -hmm. type one. And yeah, so I, I, there's these guys here in Australia um, that built my engine, and so I've got a custom cam because I needed to really get torque. Sure. And I've never had Type fours. I've never had a Type four engine. Oh, do you? Um, do you, are you running a Type four now? No, I'm Type. I'm Type. Still Type one. You gotta get in gear, baby. You gotta get in gear. I, know, Listen, I, <laughs> I just picked. I just picked up here in Vegas. I just picked up a Class ten off road motor. I think it was a, it's complete turnkey motor. The guy never put it in a race car. It was built for an off-road motor, a 2.5 liter Type Four, and I think I paid three grand for it. Complete, never been run. That doesn't happen here. Yeah, so you got to be fast. You got to be fast on the offer up or the inst- you know on the Craigslist when it happens. You got to jump on it quick. So, uh, but you know the that's my for for my bay that that I'm going to be doing. I've got a 2.5 liter. That's what I like to put in this bay camper because I really dug the bay camper. I just got to do something about that, about that fourth gear because it's so low. It's yeah. really, it it's really, it takes a lot to to push those things. So with well, with yeah, the, that's that's you know, that's why you need the power, right? right? Yeah. And so now now are you guys doing a loop or do you guys just do excursions? You'll do a two three day excursion. Like what what are you guys doing now? We just sold the house. We literally just sold our house today. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, it's good. Um, We're committing full time now. So we used to do like, say, three months here, four months there, five months, six months sort of thing. But now we're just going to hit the road full time, um, you know, sort of show our stuff over YouTube, um, showing what the capabilities of these VW buses are really like. Oh, yeah. It really turns heads here in Australia. I think the Australian um, sort of way of thinking is – you need the big, you know, hundred thousand dollar four wheel drive, this big Land Cruiser with thirty five inch tires, front and rear lockers. Um, that's what you need to travel Australia, you know, and tow a big caravan behind you. But I'm just showing, you know, a two wheel drive, yeah, sixty eight plus can can go just as far. Can go, yeah, just as far. And since putting that bigger engine in it, you know, I think I'm about one hundred and forty horsepower now. Um, so. She turns the 32-inch tires really easily, um, but it's more the box that I've got on it as well. So you got a um, custom gearbox in it too? Yeah, yeah. So first and second are quite low um, because we do a lot of sand driving. Yeah, you I need, need it, to be able to get you need it for crawling. Up. Yeah, yeah. So crawl through first, um, but then also I've got a I've got a mini locker it as well. One of those Weedle mini lockers. So oh, really? Yeah, you plant your foot and both both wheels are just full traction. So that helps massively because whenever we used to get stuck in sand, it's because of that open, 
open box, right? It used to just spin. You want you you're ultimately one wheel drive on the sand if you haven't got a locker. Yeah. So what's the plan now? Yeah. So now that you've sold the house, you guys have already gone over Australia a little bit. There's lots of ground to cover there. But are you guys thinking you may kick into a world tour? Or I mean, what what are you gonna do now? Well, we've got a lot of Australia to see. So Australia has ten deserts. Um, we want to drive on all ten deserts of Australia. It's just this. I think that's what we're going to do in 2022. It's just our little thing. Um, I, unfortunately, with the patina of my bus, I don't think other countries are really going to let it in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's um, it's got a lot of surface rust. It's rust free, but um, a lot of countries are pretty um, crazy when it comes to all that sort of stuff. But I think we're going to have to come up with another way to ship a something overseas because yeah really it's always been a dream for both of us to drive around the world um that's just about how do we do that Carsten wants to go to a lot more uh i'd say dangerous destinations than (laughs) i do i'm a little bit more wary we're a bit of like a yin and a yang couple when it comes to our uh, our adventures but um no it's we're so keen to push the limits i don't know about you bill but wouldn't you want like (laughs) wouldn't you want to have like a coffee in kazakhstan you know like you know right Downtown, like, downtown Iraq, just kind of cruising through yeah, there in the yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah, stop in for a gin and tonic. Like, it'd be sick. It's legend, See the thought it's of that. Legendary. <laughs> so now, so speaking of that, what what was the, like? Was there ever a point when you did this in the beginning where you thought, "Why did I do this?" Like, I we almost died. Like, this is a whole situation. Like, this is a bad scene. Or is the first the first loop around? You guys were oblivious to all that and just really enjoying the fun. Never. We've never had that. And even in times when, you know, we've been stressed or crying or whatever, we end up laughing. Yeah. And it's those uh, no, those experiences that we uh, that we remember the most. The, uh, yeah, the first lap was good. But, it, like, looking back, it was just – it was soft. It was just too easy. <laughs> you know? You're sure, we like, our, sure, we had our breakdowns and stuff. But I just look back at that and go <laughs> – Softies, what are you? What were right, you, doing? you you weren't stuck in in two feet of mud and had to cross a fifty ah. f- fifty feet uh, a fifty foot ravine. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. I mean, I yeah. think I I think it's you know I think the, the the difference is you know a lot of people look at what you guys do. I mean, you guys have close to fifty thousand. I think fifty thousand followers on Instagram, and uh, yeah. and, and I mean, you guys are you, there's a lot of people vicariously living through you guys, and it's got to be. You know, it's got to be nice because you guys are able to share with people some adventures that maybe people are sitting in their nine to five, just grinding away at the office and they're able to kind of escape through some of your adventures that you guys are having. You guys get a lot of uh, a lot of feedback through your Instagram and, and accounts like that where people are reaching out to you just, uh, you know, you should go over here, you do, or do do this or do that or send us pictures of that. Like what, what kind of what kind of uh, input are you getting from people on social media? We get heaps, like especially when we're on the road because we, we kind of do daily stories, you know. If you're filming, you might as well put it up and we show the bare bones of everything. Like we show the good, the bad, the ugly. Like yeah. we, we, we're not trying to glamorize living in a van by any means, you know, sitting on a beach with a fluffy dog, getting a photo <laughs> right. in a sunrise. Like let's be honest, at some point you've got to go to the toilet and it's not going to be fun. Um, yeah, like I think people just like our honesty. Um a lot of people um, get in contact and say, you know, thanks for inspiring them to, you know, sort of break the norm of the nine to five. Because why do we do nine to five? It's because 
what to pay a mortgage but why have we got a mortgage because we want a house why do we want a house i don't know because we're told to so in the end it was kind of like i think it's just showing there's there's more ways to just do what you want to do sure. and you can do it and there's so much there's money to be made out there as far as work like in australia especially like inland people like they struggle to get people to to stay in a small town and work but if you're tr traveling on the road you can stop in and you know, you help a small community, but you also get paid for it. So it's showing people that there's more to what you do. Just take risks. You live once. So I think that's the ultimate uh, message. Before you did all this, like what, what was your day job previously? Man, I'm a bitzer. I've just, I've jumped and from job to job all over the place. I can't stand still, but I was an under, underground coal miner. Yeah. Uh, dive instructor. Uh, <laughs> I was in real estate. I'm yeah. like, you name it, I've probably done it. I, did, I just did a uh, carpentry apprenticeship about six years ago. So that's my my latest one. Um, and Maxine's a, um, she's in communications and um, marketing. So we've just kind of done whatever. I'm a big believer of do what you want when you want. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what's the craziest thing, the craziest odd job you had to do while you guys were out and about trying to get money around that first loop? <laughs> I'd uh, club med. Yeah, we worked at Club Med. <laughs> no. Really? Yeah. 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 I was a lot I ended up being a lifeguard and a sailing instructor and I'd never sailed before in my life. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but, but that wasn't the weird part of it. So yeah, I was working in the kids club, but the weird part about it was we actually had no idea what Club Med was until we got the job. But we just you, said it's a resort, you know, it's great. But and then you, you get there, it's like this this is So you have to learn dances, you're part of like a theatre production, uh, you have to dine with all the guests every night. Like it was just insane. And it's like long, you were just how oh, long did you do that? Four months? Yeah, about that. Yeah. So we did that for four months. We fell into it. It was absolutely, it was, it was kind of cool. You know, like I was just, you're doing cabaret shows and really kind of like a rule where, um, the, the guests, if a guests, if, if a guest was to offer you like a, a drink, like an alcoholic drink, you're expected to say yes. Keep them happy. Keep them happy is your job. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And wow. you're just like every day, like you just wake up hungover every day, but you just get, you just get back on the train and just roll with it and dance and jump around. And, ah, oh, it was, so, it was a really, it was, it was a weird, cool job. So you guys, you guys show up out of nowhere in this van and you're like, we're looking for work. Hey, like, what can we do here? And then just like, they're, they're sizing you up. Like, you know, you'd make perfect for this and she'd make great for that. Let's put you guys in here. Oh, and here's the rules, by the way. A hundred percent. That's what it was, you know, and it, you don't get paid a lot. I think it's like a thousand dollars a month, but you get all your food, alcohol and, and, and accommodation provided. And we're like, that'll do. I mean, that'll I guess it's kind of hard to get in the bus until you're kind of sick of the people. Then you're like, you know, let's get in the bus and get the heck out of here. Right. Well, that's it. You're you're stuck on an Island. So you gotta get a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, that's that. I mean, listen, you know, it's a life of adventure and, and, and it's, it's funny as I was sitting here talking to you, I'm thinking we were talking about houses and all this stuff and I'm thinking you're doing it backwards, right? You're doing all your living now while you're young versus working your youth away to try to recapture your youth when you're old. Exactly. 
you know, like some people are, some people, you know, most of us were all programmed to work, work our, our 20 or, or our, our 30 or 40 years that we're going to work until we can quote unquote retire and then try to put a few things together and then try to live our life while we're working. But then we're supposed to really live it when we retire. I mean, I think it's, I think it's incredible that you guys are doing it now. I mean, it's such, it seems like I can see the allure with people because I'm over here thinking like, you know, sell a couple cars, put the house up for sale, hop in the bus. You know what I mean? The kids will figure it out. They're all old enough, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I mean, but, you know, it, it, it's I can see why, like when we we're young, we did it. But then there was a big chunk. There was a chunk of our life there where we had to like we had to knuckle down, work hard, make some money to buy a house to do all that. And then, you know, luckily the market's all good and we're able to sell. And now we're sort of, now we're in a better position. But if we just traveled right mm. up until this point, at some point you've got to burn, you know, like at some point you've got to stop and commit. You've got to think about how are we going to. But also like that's made us into the people that we are today, sure. you know, those things in between, um, the sacrifices that we made, the hard work that we did. I remember there was about a three year period where we didn't go on a holiday because we we're just renovating a house. So you know, looking back on those times and then looking at what we're doing now and mm. what like what our future plans are, it's really exciting and it's something to be proud of because we made those decisions. Yeah, well, I mean, the big the I think the biggest thing is you got kid, you've got a child now and you know, you're you know, you got Zuri's 2 years old and any plans for more kids? Well, I've always said Max, you know, let's just let's slow it down a bit. Um <laughs> Zuri Zuri is flat out, but you know, we're in a three, a three seat, a, a bus as well. I'm a bit scared about that. I'm like, well, if we have another one, it means I can't, it means we can't drive in our bus anymore. Like we're going to have to upsize or do I put a, a rock and roll bed in the back? That's I don't it. know. That's it. Rock, it and roll, rock and roll bed with one big seatbelt for all the kids. You know, because yeah. <laughs> I think, look, I, I think Zuri needs a friend. She needs a, she needs a cohort on the, out in the wild. I feel like she does because she just needs someone to play with. So it's definitely a goal. I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> and now, <laughs> do it. Listen, I got four. Well, after you have one, that's what I thought. My wife and I had two, and I thought, you know, we're just going to two's good. Then we had three. I thought, three's better. And now I got four. It was like, you know, four is great. Then you just become, you, you end up morphing into this where you're literally part of a team. And it's like wherever you yeah. go, it's you and your clan, and you're just you're gonna go in. You can't apologize for anything. Your kids are gonna be loud and rowdy, and you try to be, and you're just like, listen, I'm just gonna take my shame and be the bad parent that I am, and go in there. But it's my knucklehead <laughs> crew, and then they grow up, and then they go to college, and I got I I, I got one that that left for a couple of years. I got one that's in college, and it's like my wife and I look at each other, and she says, man, it's kind of sad that it's getting a little quiet in the house because you're so used to just all that ruckus and noise and one day believe it or not as much as it's making you crazy when the little one's running around you're gonna miss it you know so but you guys are doing it right i mean you guys are capturing the moments you guys are you guys are are capitalizing on the freedom and the opportunity that you have and i think it's awesome i think it's something that a lot of people are jealous of and you know i'm glad to be able to watch what you got while i'm at work watching you guys uh do what you do which is, is, is pretty, it's pretty awesome. And, uh, I mean, I commend you guys for that. So you guys just kicked off a YouTube channel so that you're going to start getting some, you're getting some people there. So everybody needs to go follow that YouTube channel. What, what is the, what, how do they find you on YouTube? Um, Carsten and Maxine, 
Just type it just in. Just literally, yeah. it's the same across platforms. And Instagram, it's Carson, Carson with a K. Carson with a K. Mm-hmm. With a K, yeah. K-A-R-S-T-A-N and Maxine. Because yeah, it, it's sort of even. Yeah, as, we only just thought. Nah, no. We're doing it. We're doing that. Thing. <laughs> well, listen. We're <laughs> listen. Oddly enough, we're both complaining that we're literally three quarters of the world away from each other, and we're complaining about the digital technology that we're not able to communicate like instantaneously. But also, also <laughs> being out there, right? Being out there in the van. Uh, excuse me, in the bus. I should know better than to call it a van. No, I call it a van. But we call it a van, but I think in America you guys call it a bus. It's a no, bus. It's a it's a, <laughs> hey a panel van. Yeah, a panel van. Yes, van is that a panel van bus? So I don't know. It's a hard one. So being there and and there in the you know out in the out in the field like doing that, you're still having to put some time in to edit and do. So who does all the editing and producing of all the stuff you guys are putting out? Is it is it is it Max or Carson? Who's doing it? Oh, that's me. Yeah. Oh, I feel like it's a team effort. No, mate. No, Hello. Mate. <laughs> yes, no. Well, no. Someone's got to do some over-the-shoulder editing. Like, nope, that doesn't look good. Change this to that. So maybe. Oh, that's Maxine for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Slave away for like an hour or two on a video, and she goes, nah, nah, nah. And I just feel like throwing the computer at the wall, hey. Eh? Because <laughs> there's a, you guys got a ton of cool drone footage too. So you're you're piloting the drone and all that stuff while you guys are out there. Because I've seen some cool drone footage, and also. Yeah, I- Drive the drone while I'm driving. What kind Max of what kind of drone yeah. you got? Ah, uh, the Mavic DJI yeah, Air Two. Ma- Air Two or Air Pro Air Two, I think. Yeah. Nice. You, and now you putting that on follow mode when you're going, or are you actually piloting it while you're going? A lot of the time, I pilot it. Um, the follow mode. Well, when you're in the desert, it works okay because it doesn't lose the car. But if you if you've got trees and you you pass underneath a tree, it'll just stop. So you've kind of just got to set the course, and or I say, Maxine, hold the wheel, and then I. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Now, say that. Out in the out out in the in the wild right now. I mean, if you guys ran into like wild boars and like not, you haven't run into like gators and stuff like that. Like like unexpectedly, have you had any run-ins like that? Uh, Australia isn't like like you've got you guys have big things that want to kill you over here a lot that want to kill you oh we got little things that want to kill you it's the stuff you can't see that you got to watch out really like yeah you're sitting by the fire and you're like what's that and you grab a scorpion off your back oh wow yeah so you guys have lots of lots of little deadly things out there versus like yeah you have snakes and crocodiles and sharks and yeah there's plenty of those things out there but nothing like bears and so like yeah you walk off into the woods and you get mauled by a bear you walk off into the woods and you get you get plants when it well, the plants smash you as well. It's like really, yeah. yeah and I hate wearing shoes, so it's not a good place for me. Yeah, I would think that. Uh, I would think you might be careful. You might get boxed up by a roo, by a kangaroo out there in the wild. You know, those things got. I've seen them. They've got a. They've got a pretty wide set on them. You know, I'd hate to get one. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah, corner. The big yeah. No, we haven't really. This because Australia's been in a drought for so long. Like you don't see as many as you'd think. Really. Our last trip, we did not see one kangaroo, and we we're out there for six months. Now, are where you guys are going now? Over here in the states, we see the Aboriginal uh, Aborigines and all that stuff. Is the, are you going to those areas, or is that in a certain side of Australia? No, like sort of. So the Aboriginal community, they're, they're from all over Australia. So there's so there's d- different mobs all around. So there's different. They're all they're everywhere. Like those those communities are all through Australia. But, you know, there are still the more remote um, Indigenous communities. Um, 
but yeah, you know, you pass through there. And uh, when we went up towards Cape York around Cohen, the the local elders of the land there, I was drinking at the pub and they invited us to, you know, come to, go down to Port Stewart and, and head down there. And he's, you know, they invited me to go out in a tinny and hunt turtles. Um, but Maxine wasn't really keen for me to leave her on the shore for that long. So <laughs> I had to knock back the offer, but yeah, we, we go into a lot of these remote communities and, um, they're all, you know, it's like anywhere you, you get the mixed bunch, but you know, they're, um, yeah, it's a, it, they're all, it's a beautiful place to travel, you know? Now, are you guys seeing, are you seeing like, out here in the desert in, in the Southwestern Las Vegas, anywhere you go in the middle of nowhere, there's usually an old Volkswagen because of Baja racing and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you run in a lot of dead Volkswagens out there while you're out or not a lot? Not as many as I want. Let's put it that way. I'm always on the max to be like, Hey, Look off to the left. Look off to the right. Are you keeping your eyes open? <laughs> you're still and, you know, hunting. You, you, oh, constantly hunting. Well, that's how we found this bus, you know. Like, I'd spend hours on end using Google Maps. So I used to sit at home. Max would go to bed, and I'd just be zooming in in small <laughs> communities. Because driving around Australia looking for V-dubs isn't very economical because they're so far, 500 k's between small towns. So you zoom in from above, and I used to find all my old V-dubs doing it that way. Yeah, I mean, is it the same way there as it is here from the standpoint of when you find one, there's usually more than one in that location because they had to buy a second and third one for parts? <laughs> Normally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what that, – my my original bus that I have that was my red and black bull run bus, that bus I bought in Goldfield, Nevada, and it was abandoned there in 1976, and I, I bought it in uh, 2000 is when I bought it. So, And it was original paint, and all, a 13-window deluxe, and I was just – over the moon and i paid a hundred dollars for it <coughs> and it was uh i mean it was it was a classic desert volkswagen story because out here there's so many there's there's so many hidden gems out in like you'll go in the middle of nowhere and it's like an old mining community and there's a couple old volkswagens out there because you know they're air-cooled well, yeah. and and they're durable and you can beat on them forever yeah it's the same here but i think i sort of joined the community in a time when the hardcore ones that have been in it for 40 years have gone out there and really started to pull in all those. Cause there's a lot of old, um, Opal towns mm -hmm. and gold, gold mining towns around Australia. And that's where a lot of them were. And the guys, the guys have been out there and pretty much taken the majority of all the good stuff, you know, and just stockpiled it in on farms here on the East coast. So it's getting harder to find like this one that I found, like I said, I was using Google maps and found it, tracked it down. Um, the bus was sitting there since 1985. Mm -hmm. uh, so apparently someone stole it in 1985, drove out in the middle of nowhere, blew the engine up, put a conrod through the top of the case. The guy, some guy dragged it out onto his farm. He was like the tow truck driver of the area. And there was, he towed it out there and there was about 600 cars sitting out there on that property. So finding it from above, I was just like, hang on, that looks like a, that looks like a, you know, the VW bus there. And <laughs> and then I called around and I found the owner. He said, yeah, yeah, there's a blue one there. I said, what year is it? He goes, I don't know. I said, what condition is, is it in? He goes, I don't know. And I said, rather, I'll be there on Saturday. And it was Friday. And so I grabbed the trailer and, and drove nine hours. And where was this and, one? Uh, Tenterfield, New South Wales, like right on the border of um, New South Wales and Queensland. So it was just, yeah, just ran random. And yeah, found it. And the the rims were rusted into the ground, didn't have a tranny, didn't have an engine. 
it just yeah rust all around you know the like the front the pillars all that stuff and yeah i just had to save it because a 68 um panel is what i've always wanted yeah. i just always wanted a 68 panel and it was just there i didn't it was just like, oh my god! And thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah, I was what I say, what'd you pay for it? Thirteen hundred. That's a good deal. I mean, was was it mostly complete? Yeah, like all the hard to find stuff, like all the bits, the one year only stuff was there. It was just yeah, no, no mechanical stuff really. But I was going to do a full overhaul on it anyway, so ended up doing that. No, that's that's, you know, that's just that's the that's the thing about the hobby. You know, I mean. I don't think there's any other car culture that reuses and repurposes so many of the old cars and just like it's part of the thing to go drag them out of the out of the woods, you know, drag them out of the desert and get them back on the road. And that's so awesome because, you know, I look at these cars like they have a soul, you know what I mean? And I think of my bus and I think like one day that bus was brand new and thinking it was going to be this passenger bus for this family. And then it's yeah. left in the desert for, you know, it's it's left in the desert for 25 years and then next thing you know it gets scooped up and then now it's this whole new bus that's got a new lease on life and i've been driving that bus for close to 20 years now and it's uh you know it's just for me these cars like i said each one of them has its own character and personality and maybe that's why i'm so attached to them you know that's maybe my thought process with these things you know 100 percent, and that's why i can't bring to myself to paint this one either you know it's sort of it's Every ding, scratch, rust hole, everything is just, you know, a part of its journey. And that's one thing that I do love about it because we constantly get, you know, you pull up to car caravan parks with the van how it is now and you can tell that some people understand it and go, you know, what a beautiful patina, how amazing. But then some people go, oh, so when are you going to paint it? You know, and it's like, mate, get away from me. <laughs> well, because it's more, it's more than, it's, it's more like some, because it, it, even on the street scene, there's like the patina, like I like it because it looks cool, but there's the patina like, no, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this bus and it's part of, it's part of its battle scars, you know, just going through what it's going through. And I've seen, I've seen some of the, the clips you've had on Instagram of this bus and I can't even believe the stuff you blow that bus through, man. You're like, you're balls <laughs> out all the time, man. And I think, it, I think it's super, it's super crazy now. Have you uh, have you figured out the carpet trick for when you're in the silt, like to take pieces of carpet with you? Uh, we, we've got Max tracks. On oh, there. so those yeah, are that, like, that, that's a cheater version. The old off-road days. These guys, these guys would be hauling down the road with big flaps of carpet behind them. So they, off the <laughs> yeah, so when they got stuck, they just loop it under the front tire and whip the thing out of the dirt. You know what I mean? It's insane. Oh, that's a good, yeah, great idea. Because yeah. As you know, that's that's part of the. But I've got a winch on the front now as well, so I don't really. If there's a tree, I'm all good. Oh yeah, the winch has probably made a huge difference, especially when getting stuck. Yeah, it's eleven thousand pound winch tied into the chassis um, and into the front um, rhubarb, and yeah, you know, throw that around a tree and out of out of the mud bogs, you can. It just means you can take a few more risks. Yeah. I yeah. already took it. I already took a heap of risks, but now I can take that. You know, ten percent more. Even, yeah. <laughs> even more. No, that's awesome, yeah. man, and I think I think what you guys are doing is uh, is awesome, and uh, I I love watching from afar, and hopefully one day you'll be here in the states, and we'll get to we'll get to meet face to face. I mean, I think it. I'd love to see you guys get your bus over here to the states. I assure you, you'd have no problems getting it into the states, and then you guys could cruise around, cruise around this wonderful country of ours, and uh, get to see all the sights and sounds that, that are here in the States. Cause there's tons of stuff to see, but you definitely got plenty of ground to cover over there, man. I mean, looking at this, 
look at the size of your country, man. You guys got a lot of a lot of real estate to cover over there. Yeah, especially from above. Well, that's rad. I mean, how many miles have you guys covered? Do you think between the first trip and the and the and the other trips that you've gone on total? Do you have total kilometers you got? You guys have gone. My speedo has never worked on the van. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I'd have no idea. Hey, like it's. I just know I fill up a lot. So yeah, it'd be a lot. I think what to do a round trip of Oz, you're looking at about twenty thousand k's. Um, I don't. Yeah, we've done a lot. Like I've been through a lot of engines, um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't even know. I, I couldn't even. I wouldn't even know how. Yeah, how to start calculating how far we've gone. How far do you get on a full tank of fuel? With the sixteen forty, with it fully loaded, because this van is like one point eight ton, maybe even pushing two ton. I've still still yet to um, to really weigh it. But with the sixteen forty, I used to get about three. 50 to about 400 a tank 400 kilometers a tank um but then since i put the 2.1 in um i'm still playing around with jetting and a few bits and pieces she's a thirsty girl um i'm getting close to maybe 300 oh wow kilometers a tank which isn't very far maybe 320 yeah but like it's thirsty man like i'm carrying what 40 liters a fuel with me as well so maybe even 60 liters wow that's a that's a that's some that's some good fuel consumption but you're you're a move you're a moving mobile house on the road well that's right and now with the 32 inch tires like she you know i can sit at 110 or 3100 rpm um and she just you know or even 3000 rpm and she just cruises you know and it's it's just easy well that's Listen, man, I, you know, I appreciate you guys for coming on the podcast. I'm really, you know, looking forward to seeing your new adventures. What is something, what, what's some of the new stuff you've got coming up off the top of your head that you guys think you're going to be headed for? It's going to be deserts, a lot of sand. Um, there's a lot of like iconic Australian tracks that we're going to hit. Um, pretty much if there's a road that looks like not, not many people have driven down it, I'll probably turn down it. Um, nice. and- and because we're going to be on the road full time, we're just going to be filming the entire thing. So it's, yeah, a lot of desert crossings, a lot of remote driving. Um, the unknown destinations are the ones that most excite us, the ones that we haven't planned for, the ones that we don't know about. No, that's exciting. I'm, listen, I'm looking forward to watching this. I definitely, I subscribe to your guys' YouTube channel today. And uh, hopefully, awesome. hopefully uh, we'll be able to see a lot more of that footage coming out recently. And uh, congratulations on on your new adventure that's for sure <laughs> and by all by all means once you guys get on the road and get out there man let's let's do some follow-ups with you guys let's get some connections and uh when you're out there doing something exciting uh you guys got signal let's do a little let's do a little chat and just kind of get caught up with you guys once you hit the road let's do it i reckon my beard's gonna be down to here by that point i like I look it like, yeah, look like wilson i like it well, <laughs> Well, again, thanks for coming on the podcast, guys. I really appreciate. I really appreciate it. I love watching what you guys are doing, and uh, 
hopefully this won't be the last time we hear from you. Thanks for the chat, man. It's been great. You got it. You got it. Appreciate it. If you guys are enjoying this podcast and like to support, go to letstalkdubs.com. Pick up some shirts. Support your boy by buying some merch, as well as give us a five-star review to get a shot out on the podcast. Don't forget to support our sponsors, VW Trends Magazine, the magazine for the people, by the people. Subscribe now at vwtrendsmagazine.com. And also Ross Wolf. For some of the finest aftermarket parts available on the market today, go to rosswolf.com and check them out. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, we've got stacks of podcasts coming out for you guys, and they are they just keep getting better and better. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Make sure you go give us a five-star review so you get a shout-out on the podcast. And until next week, guys, later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house.